Welcome to Ambo TV. Each week we bring you dynamic sermons from next generation pastors from across the country and as always are bringing a fresh new style to the Word of God. And then we discuss those sermons right here in studio. I'm Dean, what you talking about, Pastor Windsor? And today we have a great show for you. We have another special show where we focus on a topic and today we're talking about how to deal with life's troubles to overcome them. We have sermons from Georgia and Washington and first up is Pastor Jordan Poole from Hope Church in Warner Robins, Georgia. And he's giving us advice on how to handle pressure and he wants us to know that pressure is a privilege with the right perspective. We can use our pressure to help grow us. Pressure makes diamonds, right? I mean, that's what I've always been told. And next, we go to Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington with Pastor Daniel Fusco. He's teaching on the defeated list. Sometimes it takes looking back at all the victories we've already won with God's help to find hope that God will be there with us in the future, regardless of victory or defeat. And lastly, we head back south to Forsyth, Georgia with Pastor Chris Emmett. He's preaching from the sermon, The Greatest Story Ever Told. Sound asleep. He asks an important question that we must all consider in the middle of our trouble. Is God able? I mean, this is a powerful message you don't want to miss because I think this is a question we all ask ourselves every once in a while. I'll also be joined in studio by Pastor Ty Hankerson of the Excelling Church in Manhattan. Yeah, right here in New York. I love when New York is in a house. He's going to help me break down these sermons and we'll get back to Pastor Ty. But right now, let's get to Hope Church with Pastor Jordan Poole. I need a woman who knows how to handle and manage things. I need a Proverbs 31 woman who knows how to work some purple linen and do the... Never mind. Read Proverbs 31. That's, that's not in my notes, Dwayne. Say pressure has a purpose. You, you'll see when, when you start getting um, succumbing to the pressure, you'll get desperate for the wrong things, and you'll be like Abraham. See Abraham in the Old Testament, he God had promised him that his inheritance was going to be as numerous as the stars, and that his inheritance would be as numerous as the sand on the seashore. That's what God told Abraham. And you get a promise like that, it's like God, all right, next week we're going to be rolling in sand. That's right. You get a promise like that from God, your inheritance is going to be so great. Your inheritance is going to be so large. It's going to span generations. And one week goes by. One month goes by. A year. God, thought you said, I was going to be the father of many nations. You know, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons, that's me. God ain't got Viagra. I'm getting a little older. My wife's 99. Any day now, God, you can move. Ain't too much fire burning in this tent. I, I, what's happening? Ain't got no sons, got no kids. What's up? Oh, I know, God. I know, I know, I know what I'll do. I know, I know. I know, God, I'm going to hold on to this promise, but Hagar, come here. I'm a, God, I believe in you. You're the God of the breakthrough. I know breakthrough's coming by faith. I see a miracle. Hold that. Hagar. Hagar. Hagar, let's, let's show up, Hagar. Uh, Hagar was Abraham's female servant. 
And so he was so desperate, and the pressure was getting to Abraham so greatly, he decided, <laughs> he decided to try to make it happen on his own. Can you bring my bow and arrow up here, please, Marcus? He, he tried to make it happen on his own and produced a son called Ishmael. And so, so hold the microphone for me, sir. And so this is what it looks like when we don't realize pressure has a purpose and we want to make, make things happen out of the timing of God and we want to make things happen on our own and, and we don't take time to get along with God to say, God, what do you want? <laughs> God, when, when do you want me to move? Tell me, show me. I'm going to wait. Until you give me clear direction, I'm going to wait. I'm going to move by faith. I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to keep sowing. How many know it takes faith to be consistent? I said, how many know it takes faith to be consistent? When you don't see the rain falling, but you're still digging ditches. When you don't see the, the, the fruit blossoming, but you still go check it every day. When you don't see anything changing, but you still show up. This is what that looks like. This is what Abraham looks like. Instead of allowing the pressure to, oh, to pull him, because what is my hand doing? It's pulling the arrow back, which would give the imagery that it seems like the arrow is going in the wrong direction, which it would seem like the arrow is not fulfilling its purpose. But now, but now because the pressure is too great, I don't want to be pulled back all right, God, I'm going to do it on my own. Mm. Wait a minute. God, I don't, I don't want to deal with that pressure. You know, I, I don't want to. It's too much. Uh, you know what? You're not working on my timetable. And um, uh, Sundays are great. They make me feel good. But Monday through Saturday. Mm. And a lot of us look like Abraham trying to trying to hit it in our own strength and shoot the arrow in our own strength. And, and we, we produce Ishmael's. We produce things that were never intended for us to have to walk with. Because once Ishmael gets birth, Sarah, Abraham's wife, sends Hagar away. Because now the two can't live in the same sphere. In the same atmosphere. And so we keep, God, I'm going to trust you in every area but my finances. Boom. Lord, I'm on, I want to break generational curses, but my family says I'm never going to change. And we keep allowing the pressure and the the. context of pressure because it always seems to be associated with pain, don't it? Pressure always seems to be associated with pain. Always. But where's the good side of pressure? Can there be a good side? Can there be a good side that even though I'm getting pulled back, it's for my own good because the one who's shooting me might see something up ahead that I might need a stronger force behind to make it through? You want a breakthrough, but won't let God shoot you. All right. That was Pastor Jordan Poole with the bow and arrow. I love when he brings props on stage. Uh, joining me today, Pastor Ty, thank you so much for being here. Thank man. you for having me. All right. So now this particular sermon kind of, it has a feel, I'm going to need your help here. It kind of feels like a pressure makes diamonds 
sermon, but also kind of feels like a waiting on God sermon. Can you help me figure out like which one it is or is it both? Yeah. You know, I, I feel like it's both. Um, pressure makes diamonds and also that uh, waiting on God has its rewards. With Abraham, um, we know that he rushed and he went to Hagar and, and he and Hagar had Ishmael, which caused so many issues in their family life. I think oftentimes what happens is um, when we're under pressure or under God pressure in a sense, um, God is in a sense stretching us. It's almost like when you go to the gym and you're trying to get more muscle, you apply more pressure. So the more pressure that's applied, the greater strength that you'll have afterwards. And so waiting on God um, produces that strength. It produces that perseverance. It produces that um, in the end. All right. That's actually a really good answer. And it kind of leads me into my next question was like, how do we tell if it's our fault or if it's God that's just kind of keeping us, you know, holding on? Yeah. Or is it something we can avoid or? Yeah. You know, honestly, sometimes we won't even know, uh -huh. but in other times, God would give us instruction. If we fulfill the instruction that God has given us, mm -hmm. then at that point, it's up to us to wait for God. But if we realize that, you know what, God gave me instructions at this point, but I haven't yet fulfilled those instructions, now I know it's me. I have to now fulfill what God has told me and leave it right there. Yes, thank you, Pastor Ty. Look, we're off to a great start today. We're going to take a really quick commercial break, but we'll be right back with more Ambo TV. Welcome back to Ambo TV, bringing you next generation pastors from across the country. Before the break, we were checking out Pastor Jordan Poole, but right now I want to get to Pastor Daniel Fusco in Vancouver, Washington. Let's check him out. Now, what's interesting for us in Christ is that you're already a conqueror, so you actually already have been victorious. And it's kind of like if you missed a football game, but you found out who won, but you went back and watched it. Doesn't that change it? It's like, if you already know that the team that you're hoping would win, you already know that they won, then you can go back and watch the game, right? Or if you guys remember a couple years ago, it was the, the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl against the, the New England Patriots, right? And, and the Falcons were up by like 30 points at the end of the first half, right? By all accounts, this was lost. And if, you know, I won't spoil it. Everyone knew it happened. The Patriots came back and they won the game. Right now, what's amazing is if you would have missed the game, but you taped the game, right, and you would have known that the Patriots won, and you were watching the first half already knowing that the Patriots won, wouldn't it have been a different experience than those of us who watched it as it happened? You thought, oh man, the Patriots are getting blown out right now. And the difference is, is your knowledge of the outcome changes your perspective in the midst of the battle. And brothers and sisters. For too many of us, we're not allowing our knowledge of the outcome to affect the way that we're battling in the present. For too many of us, we're forgetting that we've, you already know how the book ends. You already know that Jesus is victorious. He has overcome. Those who believe and are redeemed will always be with the Lord and will never not be. When you battle from that place of already knowing the outcome, it changes your perspective in the battle. See, the children of Israel, now that they're on the other side of all these victories, 
they have a fresh perspective, but actually God told them in advance he was gonna, they were gonna be victorious. So are you battling today from a comfortable place of knowing that you're victorious? Or are you battling today being like, man, I hope this works out. And I think that perspective, again, we call that walking by faith, trusting in God. See, faith is trusting that God is gonna fulfill his word. That's what faith is. Faith is saying God is going to do what he said he's gonna do. God is gonna fulfill what he said he's gonna accomplish. And for each one of us, that is us living in the present, already knowing victory has been secured. And that changes the way we fight. And if, so if you're here today and you're feeling hopeless, if you're feeling like this is never gonna work, I wanna encourage you to embrace the gospel. All right, now this is like, this is so real to me. Yeah. Because we'll watch a movie. And if you watch a movie the second time, you know what's gonna happen. You mm -hmm. know what to expect. We read the book. We know what to expect. We know what, like, why do we end up forgetting? And, and, and why do we forget that we're victorious at the end of this yeah. book? Yeah, I think what oftentimes happens is uh, the pressures of life uh, tend to start to have an effect on our mind and our faith and how we look at things and our perspective on things. Uh, matter of fact, we look back at the story of Peter walking on water. When Jesus called him to, to start to walk on water, he said, come. And Peter starts to walk. Eventually, he loses his focus, mm -hmm. and he starts to look at the things around him. And as soon as he starts to look at the things around him, he starts to sing. With us in our everyday faith walk, we have to remember that, you know what, if Jesus has called something to be, then I can literally, I can literally make it to the other side because Jesus has called it. Uh, but it's when I take my eyes off of Jesus and what he's already done for me, the victory that he's already had or won for me, um, that's when I start to sink. That's when I start to get weighed down uh, by the pressure of life. And I forget that I've already become victorious mm. because of Jesus. So now it's not, it's not a be all end all either. Like if we've lost sight, mm. we can get back on Absolutely. track, correct? All right, are there any ways that you would recommend for somebody that might have lost sight to yeah. kind of get back on, on the right track? Yeah, literally some practical ways is just to regain that focus. Um, in that same story, Peter starts to sink, but watch this, Peter calls out to Jesus and says, Jesus, save me. And immediately Jesus reaches out his arm and grabs him. This is the type of God that we serve, a God that says, you know what, yeah, you lost sight, but I'm gonna grab you anyway. And so it's just really regaining that focus and saying, God, I lost track, but I'm coming back to you. See, that's beautiful, too, to be able to look at that story of Peter and, and kind of just use it as a good comparison yeah. as into our everyday lives, because it's true. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes we do lose that sight. Sometimes we do kind of lose faith a little bit. Yeah. And it's not our faults completely. We're just, we're only human, and sometimes we do that. And Jesus is always right there, Absolutely. like, bro, here, I got a hand for right. you. All right, well, that was Pastor Daniel Fusco. And right now, I want to get over to Pastor Chris Emmett in Forsyth, Georgia. Let's go ahead and check him out. Don't take partial credit. Well, you know, I worked hard or I saved my money or I'm pretty self-disciplined and it was not me, but God. God answered, God delivered, God healed, God provided. It wasn't me, it was all God. Don't take partial credit for God's amazing grace. It is not you, it is him. Yeah, you may work hard, you may be really smart, but if it wasn't for God's amazing grace in your life, who knows where you would be? And all too often we go, well, you know, I know God delivered, but I, I did my part. You go, no, 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 no. 
It's God's amazing grace, and I just happen to be the blessed person that he poured it out upon. You remember the old hymn, Amazing Grace? Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a what? A wretch like me. Not amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a pretty good guy like me. It's a wretch. And Peter knows that. He's like, well, fellas, you know, I, I did walk with Jesus for three years, and I was there when he fed the 5,000. He's going, no, no, no. He saved me. He rescued me. And don't miss this. That word saved, again, it means to pluck out at the nick of time. Like if somebody is drowning or a kid falls in the pool, and you pick them up there in the nick of time. And Peter experienced that firsthand. If you remember when he's walking on water and he loses sight and he begins to drown, Jesus is there. Peter has a, a, a visible illustration in his mind of Jesus going, I've got you. And he goes, I've seen him deliver and answer, and I know he's able to, and I know he'll do it again in his timing and in his way. And he goes, it's true, God answered. Now go back and look at verse 15. And their response is, you're out of your mind they said. Now, I don't want you to grasp from the church. They knew. They had seen God's hand. They knew his ability to deliver. But their current crisis in their world completely overshadowed anything and everything else. And what I want you to grasp from the church is don't let the crisis of the present cause you to forget what God has done in the past. Don't let the crisis of the present, whatever it is that you're walking through, sickness, Financial issues, infertility, job loss, being dumped by a boyfriend or girlfriend. You're walking through these things, and I get that it's painful, it's confusing, you didn't cause it, you didn't deserve it, but you find yourself there, and it is a crisis there in the moment. Don't let it cause you to forget what God has done in the past. But all too often, we're so focused on, I, I can't believe this is happening. And yes, it is happening, and you're walking through it, but don't forget where God has brought you. That, that word, again, that Peter would use, to save or to rescue, it's the same word that Stephen would use in Acts chapter 7 when he's given an account of Israel's history and talking about how God sent Moses to save or rescue the people from Egypt. It's the same celebration, the Passover, that they're celebrating that very moment to commemorate that what happened, the, the saving of the people. Don't forget what God has done in your past and how far he's brought you and saved you and delivered you to keep you from, from moving forward in what, what you're walking through. Is God able? The answer to that question is found when you look at God's track record in your life. When you look at his track record in your life, you're going, well, I can't, it, what I'm going through is painful. Absolutely. It's confusing. Absolutely. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't, but look at his track record. Look back last year, the five years or 10 years or 15 years, or that moment in your life that you can go back to that was so overwhelming, you thought you'd never live through it, and you find yourself here today. And you see God's grace and hand in it all, and that should be able to answer the question, is God able Absolutely, yes. I mean, so this is a recurring theme we have here on AMBO. It's, you know, can God do it? Can he fix it? Will he do it? Yeah. So can you give us, you know, just maybe one or two examples of, you know, a biblical passage where God has just proven that he's not going to abandon us and, and he'll always do it? Absolutely. And he will always do it. Uh, the answer is always yes to that. Uh, we see that in the Old Testament with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, where they're thrown into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow to the king. Um, and 
it was interesting is their response. They said, no, our, our God is going to deliver us. Uh, but even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. Mm. Uh, so when they're thrown into the fiery furnace, the Bible says that the king, uh, he looks and he's like, wait, didn't we throw three guys in the furnace? And the guard's like, yeah, but we see four. And the fourth one looks like the son of God. That story is the proof right there that says, you know what, no matter what fires we may be going through, no matter what wilderness experience we may be, come on Israel, uh, wilderness experiences we may be going through, uh, God will stay with us and he will be with us. Um, Jesus said in the New Testament, even to the ends of the world, we always will he be there. I love it. And, and I mean, that's one really great example yeah. about how God always, will. I mean, that it reminds me one too of... Uh, of uh, early Romans and, you know, back back to the days of Nero where, yeah. you know, kind of throwing Christians to lions. And, and you know, if, if you read kind of the historical passages, it would say that the Christians would sit there still praying. You'd be in the middle of the Colosseum, lions yeah. charging at them just praying. Yeah. And this is kind of what converted a lot of people Absolutely. in ancient Rome into Christianity. I mean, is it kind of like a seeing is believing thing? Like once people see the power of God, then they're like, okay, that's it. I want in. So, that so you know what's interesting? Because the Bible does, uh, it says that the more the church was persecuted, the more it grew. It grew mm. daily. Um, and not only did that happen at that time, but it's happening now in other parts of the world. Um, not necessarily uh, in America, but in other parts of the world uh, where Christianity is not accepted. There are people who are still being killed um, uh, mm. in, in, those, in those areas. But what we see is, the church is expanding in those areas even yes. the more. Yes. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. All right. We're expanding here on Ambo TV too. But right now, we have to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Ambo TV. Welcome back to Ambo TV, bringing a fresh new style to the Word of God. Before the break, we were checking out Pastor Chris Emmett in Forsyth, Georgia. But right now, I want to get back to Pastor Jordan Poole and let him wrap up his sermon on pressure. Let's go ahead and get over there. Abraham, can I have your son Isaac? Abraham loads up. He goes to the place God tells him. And he tells the people he brought with him, y'all stay here. Because me and my promise... We're going there. Y'all can't come. You came with me this far. But what God is launching me into next, you have to stay here. Because he's launching me there. And anything that keeps me tied to my sinful past, why would you want to stay tied to a past that keeps you in sin? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be anything attached to old Jordan. Anything that represents old Jordan. Anything that, that keeps me bound to what old Jordan was. I got to sever the ties. My, my purpose and my destiny is too expensive. To stay tied to that thing that can keep me from hitting the target. Pressure is power. Back to SSPS, self-sustaining propulsion system. He puts it in there. What Jesus say? He, he says you're going to experience pressure. You're going to face trouble. But take heart. 
I've overcome that. He said, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Don't worry, you're gonna be, you're gonna be called to account. You're gonna be beat up a little bit. You might be persecuted, but take heart. The Holy Spirit, that paraclete, will give you help in your time of need. The Apostle Paul said it this way, one, one book over in 1 Corinthians. He says, he says, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He says, when, not if, when you are tested, when you are tempted, he will also provide a way of escape. It's that self-sustaining propulsion system. He says, when you feel like you're being trapped, no, no, I got you right where I want you. I got you right in the boat. I got, I'm pulling you back to a, to a leverage with some pressure to be able to launch you into a new place. Because watch this. Come here, Marcus. Watch this. Watch this. Pull back on that bow. With that arrow. Point that way. Don't shoot anybody. No, no, no. Just, just slowly pull back. All right, stop. Hold it right there. The arrow's meant to go that way. But he's pulling it back that way. That don't make any sense. But what is the arrow being pulled closer to? The one shooting me. So just because you feel a little pressure, keep pulling, doesn't mean he has forgotten you. Doesn't mean he won't come through. It doesn't mean he won't see you through. Because some of you, the pressure is breaking you. The pressure was not meant to break you. The pressure was meant to break you through. All right, there is Pastor Jordan Poole getting animated as usual. And um, I want to give a quick shout out to Marcus because uh, I shoot bow and arrow. And for him, just holding that arrow drawn for that long, you can see the pressure on his face. Yeah. He was under pressure yeah. right then and there, but he held it on. So is that, that's kind of like our faith walk, mm -hmm. right? It's like we're, we're just constantly on this pressure. Sometimes you might want to let go, but you, you know, you got to keep holding on. Have to. Right? So are there any like really good examples that you can think of, maybe in your life personally, of just like holding on even though you, you, you just want to let go? Yeah, um, absolutely. When we first launched um, Excelling Manhattan, which was literally five weeks ago, I remember our pastor, our lead pastor, Darrell Solomon, he gave the vision. And he's like, we're going to launch Church of Manhattan. I'm like, okay, cool. And he's like, you're going to be the campus pastor. I'm like, wait, hold on. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm like, are you sure? And literally in those moments, I felt so much, so much pressure. But it caused me to have to go to God even more. Because now I'm like, God, if this is where you're sending me to, I need your guidance. I need your direction. I, I just, I need you to be there I, I, all the way. And so I feel like when we're under pressure, um, just like Pastor Jordan pulls our illustration, when we're under pressure, God pulls us closer. Mm. We may feel that strain, but in the strain, God's pulling us. And he's pulling us closer to him before he shoots us out. And so that, that, that whole illustration was just real, really good. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Thank you, Pastor Chai, for pointing that out. Right now, I want to go ahead and throw it back to Pastor Daniel Fusco in Vancouver, Washington, and let him finish up his sermon. Let's check him out. Now, picking up in the, the 
conquest of the northern part of the land, verse 17, the king of Tapua won, the king of uh, Hefer won, the king of Aphek won, the king of Lasharon won, the king of Madan won, the king of Hazor won, the king of Shimron, Maron, can we all say together, won, the king of Ashpash won, the king of Tanakh won, the king of Megiddo won, the king of Kadesh the king of Hokanim and Carmel, the king of Dor in the heights of Dor, the king of the people of Gilgal, the king of Terza, and all the kings, 31. <laughs> but but it's, what's so beautiful about this is that each king was its own battle, its own city-state, but ultimately, life is victorious in little battles that accumulate and ultimately aggregate to a great victory. Now, I'm gonna draw this conquest series to a, a conclusion with this idea. For too many of us, we don't realize that when we win, we have little victories every single day in the little battles, that you have enough little victories in the battles. If you keep having them, ultimately, you enter into the abundant life. We're, we're, we're so busy looking for the big battles, but it's like every single day we just trust Jesus, walk by faith, simply respond to Jesus, and we have a victory. For some of us, the victory is just getting up tomorrow and opening your Bible. That's a victory. That alone, just you getting up and before you, put in, before you put anything else into your heart, you put the word of God in. And before you talk to anybody else tomorrow, you talk to your savior, right? That, you win that small victory, that's gonna change your day, right? And then what's the next victory? What's the, for some of you, the next victory is deciding, you know, instead of going and, and, and crushing a box of Lucky Charms or Fruit Loops, I'm going to eat something that's like remotely healthy, you know? And, and it's like, and then you win that victory, right? And then you go to work or whatever, or you go to school, and that victory is I'm not going to have road rage. Instead of being all crazy, I'm going to, pray for everyone I drive past and small victory and then you get to your job or you get to school and whatever is what's the small victory and then you move through your day and you move through your day and and at each step it's a small thing it's just one thing and you win that victory and I'm here to tell you if you string together all that stuff and whatever your landmines are whatever the kryptonite is that makes you weak that breaks you and we all have it for some of you, it's like you got to drive by the convenience store and not go in and buy alcohol, right? Or you need to drive by the convenience store. You need to not go in and buy cigarettes. Or you need to be on your computer doing work, but you need to not go to websites that hollow out your soul, right? Or you need to be able to go online and not buy things that you can't afford and you don't need, but you're just trying to fill something you can't fill with stuff, like, like, we all got these things. It's just a matter of what it is. And if you can just figure out, like, what's my victory in that? And if you can get that victory and you can tack it on to all these other small victories, you get through one day and guess what? You're like, man, that was a good day. I got in the word. I avoided temptation. I sensed the presence of God. 
That's kind of good. And then you know what you do? You go to bed and you know what you do? You wake up the next day and you have a whole nother set of battles. And brothers and sisters, listen. The abundant life is lived one little fight at a time. What are the fights that you're in right now? What, what are the things that you're like, man, I just need to get that thing done. Break it down into a small victory. Pastor Fusco is making a ton of sense to me yeah. today. And um, so my, my small big victory was, you know, not looking at my phone in the morning and just thanking God for waking me in the morning before I even touched my device. Are there other, like, what are some other little small wins we could kind of tackle for, like, daily wins? Yeah. You know, sometimes I, I think it's pretty much um, contingent upon what our own little struggles may be. Um, and it's just really celebrating those small victories. He mentioned uh, for someone who may struggle with alcoholism, maybe going past the liquor store and just driving past it and not instead of going in. Celebrate that, you know? Mm -hmm. Some people don't look at that as a big, that's a big thing. Um, and then just on a general basis, in New York alone, <laughs> We are known to have mean people here, mm. smiling at people, random people. Yeah. That's a small victory. And that also opens up the door for people to be, you know, ask questions. Who are you? How are you? Where do you work? Blah, blah, blah. And it also gives us the opportunity to minister the gospel to people. I love it. Just yeah. small little things like that. Okay, so now Pastor Fusco also talked about this list of defeats. What, what's like the importance of, of creating a list of defeats? Yeah, so creating the list of defeats um, in terms of the victories that God has given us, it allows us to be able to go back to God's track record. There that goes again. Um, to be able to say, you know what? If God did this, 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 and this, he'll surely deliver me in this uh, situation. He'll surely bring me out of this situation or this issue that I may be dealing with. It's reminding ourselves. And that's what that list does. It reminds us of what God has done already. All right. See, that's what I'm talking about. Pastor Ty, remind yourself of what God does for you on a daily basis. We're going to be right back with more Ambo TV. Back to Ambo TV, home of the next generation pastors. Before the break, we were checking out Pastor Daniel Fusco in Vancouver, Washington. But right now, I want to get back to Pastor Chris Emmett in Forsyth, Georgia. Let's go ahead and check him out. Here's what I would encourage you to do for the next seven days. This week, ask, answer, and act accordingly. Ask the question, is God able? Answer it, and then act accordingly. Answer by looking back at the track record of God's hand in your life and going, you know what? What I'm going through is not pleasant or it's confusing or it's, it's uncertain, but I've seen God's hand in it all. And act accordingly. And you walk with peace and you walk with comfort and you walk with assurity and you walk with hope in your heavenly Father who's guided you all of this time. Is God able? Peter says it is absolutely true. The other group says you're out of your mind. And before we harp on them too much, I think we've all thought or maybe even said that. When somebody goes, well, I'll pray for you. Well, whatever. I think God can deliver you from this. Well, yeah, if you think, whatever. And in your heart of hearts, you know it. But you don't act according to it because you forgot what he's done in the past. And as you see God's hand in your past, you go, you know what? He's brought me through it. He's delivered. He's answered time and time again. Was it in my way? Not every time. 
coincident in, in my timing the way I thought it should, not every time, but God's hand has been in my life and guiding me this whole way. I'm trusting he will walk me through what I'm going through. Is God able? Ask, answer, and act accordingly. And Brian and I were talking, and we've gone through things, you know, in our lives, and it's amazing when you look back. And I, I know you probably have done this, but if you haven't, I would do this afternoon. If you just look back to your life, five years, ten years, and we just look back, like, to when we first met, Brian and I first met and started dating, got married, then the fact that got into to ministry and, and then here at MLC, there's... That's a miracle of God. That's the grace of God on that whole timeline. The fact that Brianna and myself and the kids are here is a miracle of God. And let me just give you some of those miracles. Like, I fully get that when Brianna and I walk into a room together, uh, we get those looks. Like, and I've been told this, you know, man, Chris, you really outkicked your coverage marrying Brianna. I was like, yeah, I, I get it. I, no, like, really, Chris, you outkicked your coverage. Yeah, back off me. I'm, I get it. I, and, and so you asked me, wow. How did you wind up with her? And you asked Brianna, I'm guessing, well, why did you wind up with him? I don't, don't know what you say. But you need to understand this, that it's a miracle of God. Because when we met 14 years ago, it was at a Thursday night, young adult, small group Bible study. She was in college. I was working. She walked in, and instantly she was surrounded by Division I collegiate athletes football players, baseball players. I mean, they were the studs. They walked in. They had abs upon abs. They had biceps upon bicep. And then it was me, 150 pounds soaking wet and spiky gelled up hair. <laughs> it was cool 15 years ago. Anyways, I had spiky gelled up hair, socially awkward in the most painful way. It was about 100 people there. And she came in, and I saw these Division I athletes, and I thought, man, there's no way in the world that, you know, I'm ever going to wind up with her. And God goes, Chris, I used Balaam's donkey. I can get you with Brianna. <laughs> Don't worry about this, Chris. Fast forward, we get married, uh, and then getting into ministry. People go, how did you wind up in ministry? My response is, I think God wanted to prove that he has a sense of humor. <laughs> like, that's what I think. I'm a preacher's kid, but it wasn't like when I was two years old, my dad gave me a phone in the Bible goes, you might want to figure this out. It was like, go do what you want to do. So I did. And I love construction and building things. I'm introverted, hated speaking in front of people, and just wanted to be outside building things. And God goes, man, I've got the perfect job for you. <laughs> the fact that I'm here at this awesome church is a miracle of God. I spent eight years doing ministry in Texas, and within eight weeks, I get a phone call, had no idea this church existed. Eight weeks later, the moving van shows up, and we're here. And that, that is a miracle of God. I promise you, I'm not nearly smart enough or strategic enough to go, Brianna, I've got a whole life planned out for us. We're going to start in this direction, we're going to move here, and we're going to wind up in the, the North Atlanta metro area, and you're going to own 15,000 bees. <laughs> but just, yeah, y'all can shut up about the bees, all right? Enough of that. Yeah. But you just see God's hand in it all. And, and I, I tell you that because, you know, Brian and I walk through our, our moments of pain just like anybody and everybody here in this room and watching. And you have, to, you have to ask that question and answer, is God able? And you look at his track record and go, yeah, he is. 
but I don't know how. No, you don't know how. I, I promise you Peter wasn't thinking, hey, maybe an angel will wake me up from a deep sleep and I'll just kind of meander out of me. Peter wasn't thinking, you sound asleep. But God in his sovereignty and his divine power delivers and is able to deliver in Peter's life, in my life, and in yours. Is God able? The answer to that question is 110% yes. The question for you and for me is, will we act according to that? I'm going to finish with a couple of verses in Galatians. Galatians chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. And you remember that word that Peter used, saved, rescued. You're going to see it pop up here in this verse as well. Paul says, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us. It's the same word that Peter used. It means to save or to pluck out in the nick of time. To rescue us from this evil world in which we live. Verse 5, all glory to God forever and ever. Amen. All glory. Not partial glory, not, well, I kind of did my part. I was going, it's not me, it's God. And if it's been a while since you've thought about God's amazing grace in your life, we're going to take a moment here at the end to reflect back longer than five years ago, 10 years ago. We're going to go back about 2,000 years ago to what these verses were talking about. When God displayed his amazing grace by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins and for mine, God raising him back from the dead, and he goes, hey, listen, all you have to do is place your faith in my son Jesus, and you'll spend eternity in heaven with me. It's that simple. All right. Now, Pastor Chris is talking about this, you know, passage from Galatians about, you mm -hmm. know, how Jesus was sent to us, you know, and he died for our yeah. sins, and, and we're supposed to put our faith in Jesus and in God, but it, it makes it seem like it's almost so simple. I mean, is it really just that simple? I know it should be on, you know, on the onset it should be, but it doesn't seem that simple for most people. Yeah. You know, what's, what's interesting is, you know, I think our initial belief, it is that simple in terms of our salvation, is accepting Jesus. Um, but it's also a faith walk. Mm. So every day, it's like I'm making the conscious decision that I'm going to trust Jesus in my everyday life now. So I trusted him enough for my salvation. I have to trust him for every area of my life now. And that may look different for, for you know, each individual. It may not look the same for me as it may look for you, as it may look for someone else. It may look different. But it's, it's the, the fact of saying, I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to walk this thing out. It may not be easy, but it's a walk. I can get through it. See, and the faith, the, the whole faith walk thing, I think, is what gets people. Mm -hmm. You know, when you tell somebody like, hey, I'm on my faith walk right now. Yeah. You know, I'm, things are happening in my life. It may not be visible. You yeah. may not be able to see it, you know, but I'm still on my walk. Mm -hmm. What is it about just the words faith walk that get people kind of, you know, this weird feeling like they don't know? what? Is there a better way that we can explain what a faith walk is? Yeah. Someone? Yeah. So literally um, a, a faith walk is being able to say, you know what? I may not know what's coming next because most of the time when we're walking by faith, that's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight, we don't see what's coming next. We don't necessarily know what's going to happen next, but we just know this, is that no matter what happens, Jesus is going to see us through. So the walking part is literally just saying, Jesus is going to see me through. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep pushing forward into whatever my, my destiny or my purpose is. And I know that Jesus is going to see me through. That's the walk, knowing that he's going to see me through. All right, I love yeah. it. Pastor Ty, breaking down a faith walk for everybody at home. We're going to go ahead and take another commercial break, but we'll be right back with more Ambo TV.
The beauty of walking with Jesus is that Jesus is willing to be with us in all of these seemingly small things. All right, there's Pastor Daniel Fusco wrapping it up. And as we do, we wrap up every show is I like to ask our guests to please give myself and the folks at home uh, a Bible passage that kind of goes with yeah. that last short clip that we watched. Do you have one for us? Absolutely. Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Yea, thou walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Literally, some of us may be going through times right now where it looks dark and dismal, but we take courage and we take hope in this, is that the Lord will always be with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He's going to see us through and he will make sure that we get to the other side. It may be a dark tunnel, but it's a shadow because there's light on the other side. All right. I love it. Pastor Ty, thank you so much. That was Brother. dope. I love it. Congratulations again on the new campus. Thank you. Church right here yeah. in Manhattan, Midtown. Absolutely. Awesome. I love it. And uh, to our partnering churches, Hope Church with Pastor Jordan Poole, Crossroads Community Church with Pastor Daniel Fusco, and Mountain Lake Church with Pastor Chris Emmett. Thank you guys for those great messages. Please keep them coming. And to see the complete sermons and other great sermons, head over to ambotv.com. We always have great content for you guys there. And uh, sign up for our daily newsletter. Have you done it yet? I know I have. It's pretty cool. And uh, thank you guys for watching Ambo TV. Remember to join us again next time every Monday and Thursday at 11 p.m. on TLN. Good night, and I'll see you guys next weekend.